the we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your quarter pound. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome to the Stairway to Heaven. We're coming to you bringing insights into the ever-changing high-frequency currents now bathing the planet and their effect on us all. The source of vital information for the evolving human being. I'm Gwilda The Art of Ceremony One definition of ceremony is a unified ritualistic event with a purpose, usually consisting of a number of artistic components performed on a special occasion. When we consider modern-day ceremonies such as weddings, funerals, and graduations, this is a fairly accurate description. However, ceremonies have been with us since the dawning of time. Many ancient ceremonies had a much deeper and more far-reaching purpose. Originally, ceremonies were designed to manage matter at the quantum level. Most ceremonies are intended to engage group agreement. There's much power in group agreement. Each of us carries an energetic power. On a very basic level, each human body generates about five watts of energy. To some degree, this energy is directed by our intent. Through ceremony and engaging group alignment with a concept or cause, we combine a portion of our five watts with that of the group. This multiplies by the number of people comprising that group. But one need not be in a group to engage the power of ceremony. Through earth alignment, one can access spiritual information or propel their will into the world. Ceremony is designed to engage earth and stellar alignment. Through this connection, we can access knowledge to guide our choices to empower our intent. Many ancient ceremonies are still used today. The Catholic Masses, the Lakota Sweat Lodge or Anipi ceremony, weddings, and so on. These ceremonies are passed down from one generation to the next. In some instances, the longevity of practice abused the ceremony with power, as it's repeated verbatim over time. In other instances, the ceremonies have become less powerful. This loss of power can arise from many things. Over the years, some of the steps may have been eliminated for expedience. Eventually, we forgot the underlying purpose and function of each step in any ceremony. When we arbitrarily altered it, power was lost. As time has gone by, we forgot that the ceremony itself is not the point, but rather was designed to focus our intent while aligning with earth and stars. If we just go through the motions, seeing the ceremony itself as the power, we've removed ourselves, the earth, and stellar connection from the equation. The result? Empty, dogmatic, ritual, lacking power. Another reason ceremony may lose its power is that it's no longer aligned with the current Earth's stellar configuration or the needs and frequency of the people. This is the difference between living ceremony and dogma. The main function of ceremony is to create alignment with spirit, a.k.a. the quantum level of life. The availability of this alignment shifts with the ambient frequency available on the planet. This ambient frequency is mapped by the ages of the zodiac. There are five different methods of spiritual connection that are available to us as the sun moves through the ages of the zodiac. We'll call these unity, wise ones, shaman, monk, and dogma. 
These five levels correspond to the energy or level of frequency available as our sun moves from a high frequency portion of the galaxy to a lower one and back. They are as follows. Unity. The last time we were in a high frequency area of the galaxy was in the age of Leo. This is the age of the legends about the garden when man was one with God. In the ages of highest or more expansive frequency, we became less dense and have more direct access to spiritual information or the quantum level. Wise Ones As our sun started to move out of the age of unity in Leo, on its way around the galaxy, only the people who possessed a genetic predisposition for more sensitivity to expansive frequencies remained in direct contact with spiritual information. The rest relied on those wise ones for guidance. We'll call this the age of the wise men and women. Shaman. Moving further away from high frequency, only those with a genetic predisposition who were also doing ceremony to further increase their frequency and connection to earth and stellar influences could access spiritual information. We'll refer to this as the age of shaman. Monks. Continuing on, we moved further into a lower frequency area of the galaxy. Only those with genetic predisposition who were doing ceremony and who were cloistered from the general populace could access spiritual information. We'll call this the Age of the Monks. Dogma. Finally, in the Age of Taurus, all that was left were the ceremonies and scriptures with virtually no one having direct access to spirit or unity. This is the center of the long dark, the Age of Dogma. Those who performed ceremonies or interpreted the scriptures were the only spiritual guidance available. In the absence of spiritual connection, everything was subject to personal interpretation and the agenda of those doing the interpreting. We've now moved around the zodiac, reversing this process as we enter the age of Aquarius. Like the age of Leo, Aquarius is another high-frequency portion of the galaxy. Our continued trek as we cyclically move from dark to light, we pass from dogma, monk, shaman, and wise ones back to unity. This is the very evolutionary process increasingly available to us. Each stage requires a different relationship to ceremony. In addition, every individual may be in a different stage of the process regardless of the age that we're in. The age simply provides frequencies that support one expression over another. It's up to us to seek alignment with the expression that best supports our purpose. This is a long way around the block to explain the importance and necessity of living ceremony. No one ceremony supports all the people at any given time. It's not a matter of memorizing and performing ancient ceremonies verbatim, but rather learning the underlying principles inherent in all ceremonies and using the principles to build living ceremony appropriate to the time, place, participants, and purpose. A basic formula for ceremony consists of intent and bottom line. Decide the purpose of the ceremony and document in a journal. There's more on intent and bottom line in Stairway to Heaven episode entitled The Hidden Power That Drives Our Lives, Intention and Bottom Line. Run your intention through the five laws of ceremonial practice. They are Always work within natural law Do not practice ceremony without permission Do not impose energy where it does not belong Do not take energy away from where it does belong And do no harm Setting sacred space. 
ceremony requires a loving sacred space where participants feel safe to open their hearts. It's through the electromagnetic field of the heart that we access the unified field to move our intent into the world. To set sacred space, choose the area, ask permission of the location, and give gratitude for its participation. Clear the space with sage. Set up and activate an altar. Instructions for setting and activation of an altar are found in Stairway to Heaven episode entitled Sacred Space, Empowered by the Flow of Life. For your convenience, all prior Stairway to Heaven episodes can be accessed and downloaded free of charge at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. Opening. Connect with Earth and Stellar Power by activating the altar. Welcome the participants. State the intent of the ceremony. Process. Each ceremony will have a different process depending upon its purpose. A rites of passage ceremony will have some uh, representation of letting go of one stage of life and entering a new one. A wedding will have a representation of leaving one family orientation and creating a new one, as in the father giving away the bride, and so on. Conclusion. This is where the change is recognized and honored by all involved. I now pronounce you husband and wife, or maiden now gives way to woman. Gratitude. Gratitude is a vital component of any ceremony and involves giving thanks through statement or prayer for the transformation and all the participants in the ceremony. Closing. In closing, one gives gratitude for the support, releases the connection to group energy, spirit, as in earth and stellar alignment, and closes the altar. I mentioned each ceremony needs to be composed with the participants in mind. That is to say, the way the ceremony presents needs to be non-threatening to the people involved. If the ceremony challenges the participants' belief systems, they may be triggered into polarizing against it rather than giving it their loving participation. The result of this division of purpose can be disastrous. If I'm creating a rites of passage ceremony for a group of shamanic practitioners, it would look quite different than a wedding for a Christian couple. All the same components will be there, but how they present will accommodate the belief systems of those involved. For instance, in the rites of passage for the shamanic group, I would tend to openly and clear the space, set the altar, and call on the directions. I might use sage, drumming, and rattling to do so. For the Christian wedding, I would clear the space and set a very non-intrusive altar ahead of time. Then, with a simple opening prayer, I might invite Creator to join us, to bless our gathering and all the participants as we witness the holy matrimony. This serves as opening the altar and calling in the directions. Remember, the ceremony is just the vehicle. The power is in your intent. When using the principles I've outlined to create a traditional ceremony, it's wise to incorporate the elements of the original conventional ceremony, but repurpose them to fit with the ceremonial practices as I did in the opening space for the wedding. When people go to a wedding, they have come to expect certain things that make them feel comfortable. The familiar framework helps them know what's expected of them, and they can relax into the process. Sometimes a bride and groom may want to, total, want to totally vary from tradition. I advise them to incorporate just enough of it to put their guests at ease. The ceremony is a formal way of managing the energetic aspects of your life. For the most part, the average person is unaware of the energy present in their world, 
but they're still impacted by it. A perfect example is in moving from one home to another. What that usually involves is taking all of your stuff from one house, putting it the next. Done deal. If this is all you do, it may be a long time before you feel at home in your new place. Why? You left all your energy in the old house and moved into one that's still holding the energy of the former residence. This can be solved by using ceremony to clear your new home, removing your energy from the old one and putting it in the new. After removing your energy from the old home, give gratitude for your time there and bless it to its new occupants. By doing this, you've released your attachment to the old and are free to occupy the new home. As with all ceremony, this is done through your intent. To collect your energy, you can use a crystal or any rock and clear it by running it through sage smoke or underwater. Then, Hold it and walk counterclockwise through each room, intending all your energy that still serves you leaves the space and moves into the stone. Then, give gratitude and clear your old home with sage, blessing it to the new occupants. To bless to the new occupants, simply state, I now release you and bless you to your new family. To clear either home, use sage with the intent that the energy that doesn't serve the house as a new purpose is dismantled to its constituent parts to be repurposed. After clearing your new home, walk through the space clockwise, holding the stone and intent that your energy is released into your new home. You can get more specific by refining your intent. For instance, you can use a different stone for each room. If there's a child's room that the child has grown and is going away to college, you can remove their essence and send it with them to the dorm, or set it up in an extra bedroom in your new home so they have a comfortable and familiar space to be in when they visit, or both. Once you start working consciously with ceremony, you'll find everything you do can be profoundly effective. Though it may take time and forethought, the results are so empowering, it's well worth the effort. Through this simple practice, you're bringing the power of Earth and stellar alignment to help manage energy and enrich your world. Thank you for joining me, Gwilda Wiyaka, on the Stairway to Heaven, where we provide updates on the energetic currents facilitating our evolution into conscious, powerful co-creators. As I'm sure you've noticed, not only do the Stairway to Heaven episodes stand alone, but they weave together to form a map to evolution and personal empowerment as we enter the new era. To revisit this or any of our past episodes, visit our archives at www.stairwaytoheavenmedia.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, my school, and the evolutionary tools we offer, visit www.findyourpathhome.com. Until next time, may you be blessed on your sacred path to wholeness. We are here. The time is now.